is London Calling. Here is the last news bulletin for today. The time through which we are now passing is of exceptional character. Hello everybody and welcome to the Full Reptile Radio. I'm joined by Owen Oxley and we're going to be talking about Fight Night 143, Cejudo Dillashaw. I'm That's sure you've all watched it by now, so uh, if you haven't watched it, then don't listen to this because we're going to be packing the show with spoilers. Yes, but all what, the finishes. What is it, Thursday? It's Thursday. I mean, come on. If you've not watched it by now, I swear, it's too late. just spun me out. I know it's Tuesday. <laughs> right. And I honestly just thought, Dad's got it wrong. It's not it's, Thursday. No. But this isn't going to come This is Thursday. Thursday. Yeah, okay, no, it's yeah. Tuesday now. We've just been to a trade show, haven't we? Look we have just been to a trade show. It's good, yeah, man. Look at some new products we're going to be bringing out. Yeah, it's nice. We, we just nipped up the road. It's not far from yours, so just uh, touch base with a few people. Yeah. Got a few developments in the pipeline. Yep. Not like anything needs developing. No, no, no. But, hey, there it's you go. It's all exciting stuff, though. Yeah, for real, man. Um, right, so, well, we, we've, we've kind of talked through this card to death. You actually came over and watched the card here, didn't you? Yeah, I think that's why I thought it was, you, you were wrong that it's Thursdays, because mm. I've not had any sleep. No. From, I got here, what time did I get here? Midnight? Midnight, yeah. You got here at midnight and then you left about 10.30 the f- on Sunday On night. Sunday, but we'd slept for about 45 minutes. Yeah, something like that. But we yeah. got loads of stuff. So we were filming some stuff on um, on Sunday. We won't give too much away, but we're working on loads of stuff. We had the Fight Disciples down and they were joining in. We had a few boys come up. Oh, Gary man. Donald, Chili, everybody joined us. It was good. It was a Everyone good day. Everyone was in the house. Wadley, Wadley Dog. Dean, I'm a singer. It was good. It was, uh, we, it was a very productive day. It was and nice, Hopefully, man. we're going to have some new content, some video content coming for you guys soon as well. Anyway, let's get into this card. And we, we, like, we have talked this to death. There are some certain fights that stand out on the card. Um, where, where do you want to start? Where, where do you want to start? What's the first fight? I mean, Corey Sandhagen was the one that we've been talking about the most. Amazing, right? That was the, the, the switch knee and then the, that flurry of, of submission attempts, like getting slammed straight into an inverted triangle and then scrambling back up to his feet, getting a kimura, getting the fight down to the floor, stepping straight from a boxing block. background. From a boxing background. I didn't from, know that. From as a well. boxing background, because it reminded me a lot of a couple of fights, which one was Spencer Fisher, the knee. The distance he travelled and covered with the knee, I know it was yep. a while ago, but the Spencer Fisher knee, and then it reminded me a lot of the um, Frank Mir Big Nog. You oh, know, the yeah, rolling, yeah. rolling, 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 literally. Rolling. <laughs> Snap. Uh, here's my I was, there. I was live at that Dude, event. that was filth. Yeah. And I love Big Nog. He's like, he's just like someone's granddad. He is. He's just such a lovely dude. And I think Frank even felt a bit bad. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I get it. I mean, <clears> big, <throat> big night one. The Nagira brothers are, are really nice guys. And it's it's just, it's one of those things where sometimes you can't help it. Sometimes people are too tough for their own good. Mate, he didn't even tap to a truck. He got run over by a, a <laughs> dustbin lorry or something, something in Brazil. Something like that. And they were like, yeah, you're never going to walk again. You're probably going to die by the time you're 12. Yeah, and he watch was like, this. watch this motherfucker. Pride champ. Hold my beer. Watch this. <laughs> yeah, someone literally held his beer. But yeah, it, it reminded me a lot of that. But I think the nicest thing is always that you get these breakouts of, mm. it just makes you want to follow him again. Yeah. It's yeah. a lot like the Dean Truman side. You know when you're watching him on Cage Warriors and you might not have seen him before. Someone like that, not just Dean, there's a lot of people that do it. And they sort of crop up and you're like, yeah. now you're on my radar. Yeah, you kind of all of a sudden, you, like there's a certain performance and, and you think, okay, now everyone's going to know yeah. who this kid I'm is. I'm invested yeah, now. For and sure. I, I, almost, I almost felt that was the plan moving in for Hernandez against Cowboy. Mm. I think he, he was obviously on that same train as Darren Till and he was definitely going to make that move to go, 
I'm going to fucking, I'm going to make a, a show of you and I'm, I'm going to get to the next level. And yeah. to be fair, against a, someone else who wasn't as seasoned as Cowboy, yeah, I think he, he runs away with it. But it, it didn't unfortunately work out for him. But I, I love seeing that hunger. So mm. it doesn't matter if you lost or if you win. But with the, with the pair of them, it was a it was a wicked show, man. It, yeah. it was good to see. There were, well, that was kind of a theme for the card as well, wasn't it? The um, the the veterans against the young kids. I mean, not not that the sort of the Sandhagen <laughs> fight was. I mean, that's two two prospects that are ready to break out. But like we've got Dennis Bermudez taking on T Edwards, and that looking was, good doing uh, it, man. Yeah, looking good, looking good. Look be- better at that weight class as well, instead of you know forcing his body down. And did uh, he retire? I know he didn't put one glove down, so I don't know if he was thinking, well. Maybe he? yeah. He put I was one under the down. impression that he retired. He looked rather tearful. He did, and I don't know if that's because he was snapping a four-fight losing streak, yeah, or what. But yeah, he put a glove down. I remember yeah. that. But I did like Jeff Neal's corner, and I think it was between second and third round. <laughs> that I was got- we were driving up, and we walked in. We were like, yo, yo, we get in here quick, quick, quick. You got to hear what this corner man just said. said. <laughs> if you don't such and such, I'm going to jump over this fence. I'm going to rip your face off. I don't know if it's, it's because I know Jimmy, <laughs> but I just expect Jimmy to say something like that. Do yeah, you, Jimmy you know Wallet. I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I wouldn't but, expect Dean or anyone to say it, but or or Andre because they're a bit more mellow. But yeah. I would expect Jimmy to almost be over the cage. <laughs> I actually think that's probably the best way for Jimmy Wallet to prepare for a fight is to corner someone very frustratingly for one round. Yes, like if we could organise it so right before Jimmy Wallet fights on on, on this next event. Um, he's fighting Bellator in Newcastle yes. against Lou Long. That's a good fight, actually. Jimmy's looking great. Um, like, imagine if if I could just do like like a one round exhibition match just before that, to piss where, him I'm, off. where I'm I'm just really bad. I make loads of mistakes, yeah. and then he'll come into the corner at the end of the first round. And he'll go, "Why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? What are you doing? Take what are you doing? Off, get in yeah. the fucking cage. <laughs> yeah, switch Jimmy tag. Yeah, and then he'll go in there and he'll just be be an absolute monster. Tag MMA. Yeah, That'd be fucking sick. How do but- we get onto that? We were talking about fighting. We were talking about fighting. Generally. Generally. Yeah, mate. But I, I don't know. I just, I, I like that aggression. I, I think it almost reminds me of schoolyard fights. Yeah. You know when, you know when you've, you've either fucked up or you've upset someone or there's a fight at the end of, at the end of school and it is the whole fight, fight, fight. I mean, I can remember I, I got bullied. I had a lot of fucking fights or a lot of people kick me. So the thing was, I was a bit too quick for my own good because I'd, I'd be getting a kick in and be like, you had enough. I'd be like, why are your feet hurting? Stupid. But the main place where we went to school, there was a library to the right-hand side of the school and behind the library was a wicked car park. And I would say one of the greatest fights I've seen in my entire life was two lads there. I think one of them was called something Painter. Was the other one Kimbo Slice? They were, yeah, they were tough as fuck. It was scary because bear in mind, I was about 11. And when I was 11, I was about two foot tall. So I stood there just holding my briefcase the whole time as a year seven. Your briefcase? Yeah, I, had, I was a full briefcase wanker. <laughs> and I was, in year seven, you don't have a, a rucksack because your mom's sending you off to, to secondary school. So I was like, all right, I've got You're my preparing brief- for the business world. This is it, yeah. Well, I was thinking, I've got my file of facts. At 11. They said, like, yeah, <laughs> top of the pops on it. Business cards. I had the next level business cards, <laughs> trust me. But I had my briefcase. And for whatever reason, it was year 11 fighting. So that whole year group was there and 10. But I had a bit of an in because my sister was a couple of years older than me. So she was like, yo, we're going to walk home tonight because there's going to be a fight. And I was like, all right, bitch, chill out. <laughs> but best thing she ever did, she took me through and she knew all the lads. So she, don't know how, she's very innocent. <laughs> but she took me around the side and like, I got the best view. And these lads knocked the shit through each other, bare knuckle. One of them had a fucking golf ball on his head like Mark Hominick. Oh. It was insane. But you know that... 
it was the first time I ever got that adrenaline dump of yeah. like just nervous Your energy. Your whole body's shaking. Yeah, because I, was, I didn't know what to do. I mean, it only ever came back then when, when the UFC came to the UK, it was a lot on Bravo. Mm-hmm. And I can remember it, you'd be, it, it would be like one in the morning, you'd have to wait. And I'd be lying in bed and my heart would be just beating so fast. And yeah. so she'd roll over and wake me up. What are you watching? Are you all right? And I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> but it's like I'm about to have a fight. Yeah. And I think that's Jimmy. If Jimmy was at school and someone was like, five o'clock, he'd be like, fuck yeah. The same day. No, yeah. no prep. No just build like, up, no prep. fucking go. You're going to uh-huh. regret that motherfucker. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, that, that's it, why some. I guess that's why some fighters are better on short notice, like Bisping against Rockhold, mate. You know, without a doubt, what better on short notice? No time to kind of wear yourself out. Don't get yourself your own head. It and, that's it. Yeah. That's it. I do love that. I do. Was it Chris Lieben that turned around like two fights in two weeks? Didn't he do Vandalay and then um, Akiyama? Is it Akiyama? I don't remember. Triangle. I, remember, I was at the Akiyama. Sh- that was a really weird event, the Lieben v. Akiyama, because, like, Akiyama... shit knocked through him, didn't he? And then yeah. triangled him. Uh-huh. Yeah. Spoiler. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you've not watched that one, by yeah. In fact, that's been a while since I've watched that fight. Yeah, I think... But I was at that one live, and I, and I tell you why it was weird, because Akiyama always walks out. Is it, is it Bot- Botticelli? Bot- Bocelli yeah, and, and he's, he's a massive, massive name over the sea, uh, over, he's the, like, over the seas, <laughs> over and he's the like seas. he kneels down and he looks real solemn, and then he walks to the the octagon holding hands with his corner team, and like once he was in, it was like the whole arena went blue. They used all blue lighting, and everyone was real mellow and calm, and we we're all having a moment together. And the next thing, Red Hot Chili Peppers kicks in. Of course it does. Chris Lieben comes bouncing out. Yeah. Like a, like a white gorilla with red hair. And that tattoo, was it a samurai? Was yeah. it half a samurai? Big samurai on his back. There was a lot of Just shit going on. Just mean mugging. Yeah, yeah, mate. That's a character. That was a lot of fun, that fight. Yeah. It was All, a lot fun. of Chris Lieben's fights were fun. Mm, they were. Yeah, even Swinging in, from... Who was the other guy he fought? Terry Martin. Yes. Remember the Terry mate, Martin when fight? he bounced off the cage. <laughs> when they, then he, did, he did that. And then he did um, Ed Herman. He had a wicked fight with Ed Herman. Uh, Chris Lieben. Chris Lieben fought Ed Herman. I'm sure he did. They were teammates. Wait there. I'm waiting. Lieben. I've seen. I, you know, I've seen that happen on the mats a couple. Was of it times. Chris Lieben? I'm Couldn't sure. Or it might have been Chris Lieben against uh, Martin. Terry Martin. That was where he laid him out. He, he like he, he taken a couple of punches, nearly out himself, yeah. and then just swung. He had like one it. punch left in him. Rocked back on his heels and then came back with a boof, a big shot. Not this is a, this is actually probably a good time to tell you about one of the shows that we've got coming out, which Dean has aptly named. Do you remember that fight? Um, which is us watching old fights and uh, talking about them, kind of like a like a fight companion, but for uh, you know the fight library stuff that's already happened way back in the day that we already know is a good fights, so we don't have to have to be sitting there waiting, uh, hoping it's going to be a good fight. Well, I think it's come a lot from um, emails and texts and stuff because what we found is obviously there was the Brock era. There was the Connor era, and it sort of flooded a market full of interested eyes that have never seen it before. But mm. with someone like Brock, you got explosive finishers. With someone like Connor, you got a, a pretty much a guaranteed finisher. That audience was almost built around yeah. a very quick, exciting spectacle. And it's one that I hear a lot of. I don't really like that cuddling though. So the thing <laughs> I have, I've got a lot of questions where they either want to see something where they can understand the jujitsu or the wrestling, or they just want me to handpick half a dozen fights from cards. And to be fair. It is a wicked, uh, a wicked thing to have just to be able to drop in and go. I'll oh, watch this. Yeah, I'm finding Chris Lieben. My Mac is dead. Really, she needs to get it sorted out. It's time for a new one. One set. One set. What about the other fights on the card? What about um, Joanne Calderwood against Ariane Lipsky? That was a hell of a fight because 
I was concerned for Jojo going into that. Sometimes she doesn't seem to be able to really properly switch on, but it seems every time she fights at flyweight, she seems to be a, like have a best performance. So I always think back to the Valerie Latorno one, that was which a, was a, outstanding, a great fight. Yeah, um, but Lipsky was coming in with loads of hype. I remember the UFC sending an email around asking us um, if we knew anything about her, if any of us had uh, you know spoke to her or watched any of her fights and stuff, because they wanted to get a few people to talk about her on video and promote her a bit. I mean, oh, really? Yeah, because well, she was coming over from uh, KSW in Poland. Well, you were buzzing which, when, when we came in. Mm. It wasn't long until that fight, and it was a case, I can remember on the podcast, I'd called it to be fight of the night, because I thought, I thought she's going to put it on Joe, and she's going to just, she's going to react, <clears throat> which she did. I wouldn't have called it fight of the night. No. It was an outstanding was performance great, for Jojo. It, yeah, it was. It was a mature performance. And, and the thing That's is, it. Lipsky came out with, with like a three-piece combo and hit every shot on Jojo. Do you remember? Yeah. Well, that but was the I'll first thing that she threw. Just kind of switched her on. And then she, start, then she started coming back strong. Her grappling looked a lot better. She, you know, Roxanne Modafferi and uh, Sarah Kaufman in a corner alongside um, John Woods. I mean, that's a good corner. That's a wicked team. corner. Really and a corner. mellow, a super mellow corner. Yes. Which is what you want for the, for the, the quietest spoken fighter in the UFC. Oh, man. You know? <laughs> I'm going to She's do my of, Go on, you've got to do it. All right, well, I won the fight, didn't I? I loved it, it was great. And the thing was that it, I, I felt a bit sorry for and that, but, you know, you're stepping here with me and I'm a killer. So, like, I'm going to go home now and chill out a little bit. Is that right? Great, thanks a lot, guys. Love so, it. What? That, love it. Yeah, <clears> that's that's exactly how it is. It's the most mellow, even when she won and she's got a little flag. Who gave her that flag? It's like someone had printed a flag on A4 instead of a full-size flag. <laughs> Maybe her arms are just really long. That could be true. <laughs> that could be true, like a magic eye. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, that, that was a good fight, though. It was a tough debut for Lipsky, given the fact that Calderwood's already been in the UFC for a while. But, I mean, you can't, you kind of can't give Ariane Lipsky another fighter, a, a, you know, a, a, an, an easier fight. You, no. you need to give her someone like that because she was already coming in with such hype. But the difference I mean, is, I'm, still, I'm looking forward she to a fighting again, fighter. though. It's like when Megan came in and mm. she got fed to the wolves, we said before, when she was, when yeah. she was fighting Holly. Yeah, Holly home for a debut. Mate, have you seen? And this is. But then again, you know, same thing. You are coming over as a champion from Invicta. That's you've it. You got to fight a champ. Got to step up. I was just mentioning Holly Holm. Oh, do you reckon we're going to see a new Holly Holm? Have you noticed? Have you seen it? Not to get into people's personal business, but is she's she she filed for divorce. Yeah. And you always saw her husband in the background with the with the countdowns and everything. Sent Kellogg's family and all the rest of it, and it's yeah. it's one of them. But I've I've mentioned it a number of times when people seem to clear their head when they when they get to their best Junior DeSantos Randy there was a lot of times when it's been well documented and the thing is with Holly she's a killer she is a killer and I know she's she's probably got a few fights left but I just I'd love to see the difference it makes if mm. her head is then in a in a space where she can do what she wants and just get on with it yeah I, I mean this, this is the thing you don't you don't ever know what's going on in people's personal lives and what kind of environment <clears throat> they've got in training camp I mean. You know, just having a, a rough environment at home, if you're not, if even if you're not getting on with the person that you're living with, you know, it can affect stress, everything. Man. It can affect your sleep, affect your stress levels, this is it. affect the way that you go to training, you know, what you're feeling like on the way home from training, that kind of thing. It's So yeah, sometimes, I mean, it, it helps for fighters to kind of clear their head a little bit. Maybe, I mean, a lot of the videos she's been posting on Instagram have shown her teaching classes at Jackson Wink. Okay. And I mean, the classes are rammed. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. I mean, like we're talking 50 people on the mat. That's insane. And she's yelling at them like, like Sergeant Major at home. It, maybe she's found a voice. Maybe, maybe. But I think the thing is, it's hard for sometimes for people to understand fight camp, the phrase fight camp. So I'm, I was in camp for th three months. Mm. Now, for me, I had a different understanding of fight camp before I worked at fourth and after. 
Yeah. Because on a Tuesday and a Thursday, guys would get there, say 10 off 10, have a bit of banter, rack up, roll up, and then throw down till say one. Mm-hmm. Then they were working out what they were doing, maybe teaching classes and stuff. Before that, I was just under the impression that you're literally locked down because you only ever saw someone like GSP or BJ Penn or these other guys that there wasn't a lot of footage of just fight camp. Yeah. Or there was a lot of people hitting tires with sledgehammers. Yeah. That was a phase that came to an end recently. I'm I'm quite glad to see. That's good. And a lot of snorkels as well. Yeah, snorkels and and the the training masks. masks. That's nonsense. That's nonsense. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, Ollie wrote a good paper kind of debunking that actually. Oh, did he? Years ago, yeah. Years ago. He'll probably send it me soon and ask me ask me to do some graphics. I'm oh, sure it. he will, Can yeah. We'll re-release it. We'll put yeah, it up on, it on the website. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it, wait, the thing is, it's a bit of a shame, to be honest, how, you know, when they're doing the countdown shows, it's, it's kind of like the generic approach. We need to see them doing particular things, you know, r- running down the street or on a beach or, yeah. you know, like they had me run through a flock of seagulls on the beach down in Long Island. And... Like as as cool as it might have looked on camera, I knew when I was watching it that I look it it was it was false. I wasn't actually running that day. Was it that as was false my day as off, you and Matt Sarah day. having an embrace? Because that's one, one of my favorite <laughs> favorite cringe moments, where it is the full Dylan Predator uh, embrace. Like it was the you same son thing. of a bitch. It's the same thing though. It's it's because the camera's not there to actually capture the the real moment. Like when I'm actually out running at midnight because yeah. that's the time that I run in the dark and they can't film properly in the yeah. dark so we're not doing it in the dark I still think that's important that even mm. if the camera's there go we don't know where the fuck he is yeah. but he's running <laughs> and then it's just like Dan Hardy and then just your name comes up and then you can just see either the flash of the bottom of your feet or something and the camera just turns back to whoever's filming and be like yeah. he's running Yeah, I think that's real that's, like that's the, better but a lot of the, that countdown show stuff is is like we'll do this on this day we'll do this on this day we need this shot we need this shot I, I wish I wish it was a lot more organic. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, true. I, I think I think the nice polished stuff has been a bit done to death. You know, HBO used to do it really well with the boxing stuff, and and the difference with that, like you could tell the fighters that were cooperating with the with the yeah. production team and the ones that weren't. Yeah. And the good example is is Floyd Mayweather because he's always going to work on his own schedule. Yeah. So there was something quite raw and, and quite honest, even though it was very showy because it's it's Mayweather. But when you're watching those countdown shows. Like they're working on his timetable, so if they're in his house, he's you know laying around on the sofas or he's scooting around on a what are those things called? Segway. Segway, yeah. Um, Do it again. I don't know what sound they make. They're probably silent. No. Um, I just imagine that's what's yeah. animated. Have you seen the chimpanzee riding on a Segway video on YouTube? Yeah, and the kid. Have you seen the little kid on the hoverboard? He's literally just squatting. He's like two, just. Spinning around. Really? Fucking balance of days. I would smash my head off the back of the table or something. Doing I that. would smash my head once I've built my confidence to the point where I can fully show off. <laughs> <laughs> just fucking flip it and knock myself out. And when I've got enough audience, I'd, I'd hurt myself. Of course. On my own, nothing. No, no, you'd save it. You'd wait until there yeah. were enough people there yeah. to watch This it. is an injury that yeah. people need to see. <laughs> um, let's get back to the card. So what else stood out to you? Benavidez against Dustin Ortiz was great. And... I hope we keep the flyweight division, I'll be honest. That was a good fight. I enjoy watching the flyweights, especially when they're matched well. And the thing is, like, if if a, if a division's slow, you don't have to kill the division. What's the point? No. Why? Look, just keep 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 the guys on the roster that are exciting. Who knows what's going to be around the corner in the next couple of years? Yeah. Do another couple of Ultimate Fighters with little guys. Right. The thing is, it's not like there's not enough cards that you can't fill them with the, with the fights. Yeah. I just, I find it hard to, to sort of comprehend that someone's willing to go... We just fucking ice it, and you're yeah. like, why? Yeah, 
because it's not like the fighters are screaming out because they're getting fights. So there's not as many of them, mm-hmm. but just fucking leave it as it is. It's fine. Yeah. Just let it simmer. Yeah. Just turn it down to a simmer and let it just, let it just, just you know, until we have some more flyweights emerge or make a good show out of it. I tell you what they should do. They should, they should send me and you, they should go, all right, Dan and Oxley's world tour to find the next best flyweight. That's it. And we'll do Russia. We'll do China. We'll do Japan. We'll do all the street fighter countries. Japan. Yeah. USSR. <laughs> do all of them. Do that one don't exist anymore. We'll have to have a time machine to do that one. Oh no, we can make the t-shirts. Fuck uh, it. We'll just after. pretend, yeah. We'll just put a CP, like a, a real fucking tinted lens on it and have old school shirts. <laughs> there we go. We'll be all right. We'll do that. We'll but figure it out. I find it, I don't know why someone would be like, should we fuck it off? The and whole division. We, yeah, yeah. No, man. Especially when you've got fighters like Benavidez and Ortiz. That was a great fight. Yeah, exactly. I would watch that fight again. I would watch Benavidez fight Cejudo again. And you watch Ortiz fight Cejudo yeah. or Benavidez or Absolutely. fucking TJ. I think, the, obviously we're going to get onto that fight a little bit later. I think Nick called it massively when we were sat in the living room and basically said, This is, this is my chest. Wow. Chest crack. Oh, carry on. Could do my knuckles. <laughs> um, when he said, basically, Cejudo gave TJ the chance to be a champ champ. But now he's in a bit of a, he's sort of stuck in that place because... The, the thing that I find really hard is the fact that there's been a lot of articles about saying um, Henry Cejudo's come out to tell him tell TJ his terms. Mm. I was like, hold on a fucking minute. When the fuck did you become a matchmaker? Because <laughs> like DJ defended it a thousand times, never even got his belts mm. and didn't really, he couldn't really demand a thing. Yeah. Henry Cejudo has sort of got to where he is now, the last couple of fights, and, and obviously on paper is fucking awesome. And he's sort of going, yeah, well, let me tell you what. Henry Cejudo does what Henry Cejudo <laughs> wants. You're like, A, don't talk about yourself in the fucking third person, brother. <laughs> two, you've only just... A, A two and two. D. This is classic Home Alone, dude. Oh, is this is right? Buzz, yeah. <laughs> two, he's, he's just got his Lego belt. And it's kind of I want a bittersweet. And he's gonna D. He's gonna fuck over his own his own fucking division yeah. that he was screaming about. But Nick sort of hit the nail on the head and said, "Look, he gave TJ the opportunity to be a champ champ. Now surely TJ's got to give him the opportunity to be a champ yeah. champ. But that means that he abandons and gives the opportunity to close it. Well, I still don't think that needs to be closed." If Cejudo goes up to up um, to bantamweight, he's not coming back down again. Do you not think? I don't think so. He's he struggled enough to make weight as it is before. If he allows himself to blow up to bantamweight size, like you're talking, he's walking around at probably probably 150. You know what I mean? So he's probably even a bit more than that. I mean, what did he say? He was, he was in the octagon 143, did he say? Something like that. Like he put a lot of weight on. So you imagine if he's going to allow himself to go up another 10 pounds. Yeah. And he's pretty lean as it is. The thing, the thing that concerns me about it though is that if if we then go okay let's do Cejudo Dillashaw at Bantamweight as a rematch and then I don't know say Dillashaw wins for example then Dillashaw wants to fight Cejudo back down at flyweight yeah so he can secure his champ champ right that's that's them forcing Dillashaw to go back up to his weight class and then make that cut back down to flyweight again and then and allowing Cejudo to go up 10 pounds and then asking him to find that 10 pounds to lose off his frame again I mean obviously he'd do it easier than TJ I would say but it's a a lot to ask it would be much easier I'm saying is to do the rematch at flyweight now I think so because then that takes out the question of the hydration of his brain and everything Mm -hmm. because even if it's another let's say it's two months three months and TJ gets that shot again at least then there's that that he can maintain that weight 
all the way through the fight camp. Yes. He's already dropped it. Because yeah. if he puts it back, it's not fair. But it was the whole demanding and, and things like that. I don't know if it's since Joe Silver's left. That, that he, You look back, go back to Gray Maynard, Frankie Edgar. Mm-hmm. That was a case of oh, it's done. Well, let's do it again. Yeah. And the boys, they didn't really yeah. have a cho- they didn't really have a choice, or they they couldn't really kick off and go. I'm not fighting him. Yeah. But it just seems a lot more now that people there almost demands are out there. And I don't know if yeah. it's the Connor era that he's they've That's seen exactly him do what it. it is. That's exactly what it Drecken. is. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's exactly what it is. It's it's the fighters being being individual entities outside of the UFC as a promotion and thinking of themselves as, as that, as as a part as as opposed to being a part of the promotion. Especially like, in his third person. Yeah. It's like the Dallas Cowboys thinking that they're bigger than the NFL. Yes. It, it doesn't it just doesn't make sense. Like no. the, the reason that you are the world champion and that you are considered the best in the world is because of the platform that you have. Yeah, we've made this platform yeah. for you to, and, to shine. And the other thing as well is that he's he's got a loss on his record to Benavidez. Like if you're gonna if you're gonna Step up, up to bantamweight. At least defend your belt one more time against. I mean, that might work. That might work out. If Dillashaw needs a little bit of time to put the weight back on to go up, Cejudo can fight Benavidez in the meantime, defend his belt one more time. I, I wonder if if there's been a point over the weekend where Demetrius Johnson's looks at the new belt and thought, Oh, I've got you, I've got twelve of those. I was going to say that. Because well, yeah, do you want to trade one? I've got. I'll trade you two of yeah, these. Yeah, two of these for one of exactly. shiny. No, no, no. I need at least three of the. I need at least three of the old belts for one of the new Lego belts. Well, we checked DJ's uh, one of the new uh, one of the new Homer Simpson one of the hug home, Homer Simpson hug caps. Yeah, nice one. Nice one, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good reference point to use there, dude. Um, don't know where he heard it. Don't know where he heard it. Just some ledge. Um, but DJ. Quite famously, let's be honest, he skirted it, didn't he? He skirted the whole TJ thing, I think. I don't know if it's just because commentators would have got confused with DJ TJ, but he didn't <laughs> take that fight. Yeah. And, and to me... It needed to happen. Yeah. I think massive plums on Cejudo to do it mm. and and do what he's done. But I honestly think like DJ sat at home and was like, oh man, yeah, he was fucking dehydrated. Yeah, I could have pinged him right. faster than I did Cejudo the mm-hmm. first time. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah, it's yeah, it just goes down quite possibly. But it's it's interesting that that um, DJ and Sage have both been signed to One FC. I was watching one the other morning. Uh, shout out to to Michael Chavello, absolutely fantastic job. I mean, I thought I would have I would have had bloodshot eyes by the end of that from just bursting blood vessels, really? yelling like it was so loud in there. And when they were doing the, the start of the show, it was like, "Hello and welcome to One Fighting Championships." It was, like, it was it was just wild in there. It sounded like a like a, a riot. I've never been to one of those events, but I would one of those events. I, I would yeah, like to. I've never would, been to a one event. Yeah, I'll go in disguise at some point. I'll sit in the back with a full reptile hat on and uh, and blend in. He is um, the man. I met him once in knots. Did you? I've never met him. I, not as far not as far as I remember. It felt I've like he'd known me for ages. Really? Is that like a bit like you remember when we met Pat Barry? Yeah. Fucking amazing. <laughs> Literally. That's like, Pat for you. Yeah, instant man crush. Mm. Like the minute that we'd sat down and he's just grabbing you, going, oh, let me tell you this story. And like sitting you in a chair, yeah. passing you a drink, all right, there was this time and you're like, oh my God, <laughs> that's fucking HD. Yeah. Did I tell you, uh, I told you about the time when he ejected a fan from a um, You did. A, from a, a you, you have, tell me again, tell me again for the podcast. It was fucking it old. Was, it was just that, was it just after I fought GSP? And Any I big was, brother, yeah? Yeah, I was in a, uh, we were in a, I don't know, like a video game music department store in Montreal. And was it Montreal, Toronto? I, I don't know. The whole, that whole time's a blur. I was getting punched a lot as well. Yeah, there's a lot of thanks, head injuries. Thanks for that, Jimmy. Um, 
but we, so we were doing this sign and it was myself. It was, so it was Pat Barry, Kurt Pellegrino and myself, like the three of us. And pe- people were coming in. There was a big line out the door. It was freezing cold outside, fucking freezing, ridiculous. These poor people. I was like trying to get through to get them in the door as quickly as possible. Yeah, yeah. Because it was like this heater right above the door and you could just see them all. Every defrosting. person that stepped in just, oh, just, yeah, exactly, defrosting. So they'd go to Pat Barry first, then, the, then along to Kurt and then to me and then they would leave. And um, we, we was it was like a three hours thing, and we were, we were going for a little while, and a few people had come through, and this guy came through. He got Pat Barry's autograph, and I, I'm obviously dealing with the person in front of me, so I'm not paying attention to him until he arrives in front of me. He met Pat Barry, he met Kurt Pellegrino, and he came to me, and and I was just I, I looked up and I said, oh, "Hello, mate, good to meet you. What's your name?" And he said something about just called me a bunch of names talked a load of shit about me because obviously he was a GSP fan and, and he was taking it all far too seriously so he, he got really really upset and <laughs> Pat Barry he's standing there this guy, this guy's standing there he's got his autograph cards in his left hand Pat Barry stands up and he goes well you're not having them and just whack big hand big heavyweight hand Mate, comes across and is it. just snatches them and then he walks around the table and he grabs the guy under the armpits by the jacket and just walks him out the door Mate, he <laughs> was, was wicked he was a unit he was and the thing is it, is still is he, well of course but very similar age to us and obviously obsessed with the turtles and like I think you could take him to Toys R Us and have a field day if they made a real life Ninja Turtles he'd be he'd a good be Ninja all Turtle all four of them he mm, would be <laughs> and Shredder but he the one of the one of the clearest things in my mind because it was the UFC knots two nights before we'd gone in it was actually fighters only that got me my tickets really yeah I had to race Wayne Kirk up a street with our shirt off shouting give me the tickets give me the tickets give me the tickets that sounds cruel. It was kind was, of cruel. Was Nick Pete standing at the top of the hill I wouldn't be fucking surprised, man. Waving the tickets. I wouldn't be surprised, man. Yeah, but to be fair, the girl, the, literally, the the camera crew was walking up the street from Fearless and there was a girl that was walking Oh, this, along, this was in Nottingham, In Nottingham. In the city centre. Yes. So bear in mind, I'd done fucking all the banners for that show, all the shots, and we didn't manage to get any tickets or anything. Like Nothing had come through. For what event? For your event. So up until... Why don't you give me a shout? Because at the time you were busy, you were training, dude. Oh, geez. So I was like, we'd been to Nando's and it was one of them where it was just, a, the whole thing was surreal because obviously I'd hung out with Stefan, I'd seen you, I'd done banners for fucking everyone. So it was, it, it was enough for what I'd done. But it got to like Friday, Thursday, and, and obviously still no sign of any tickets. So Friday rolls along and we were meeting you, Fernando's, or whatever, whatever we did, me, you, yeah. Sean, uh-huh. it was a fucking, it was a, it was a bit of a crazy night. On the way back, me and Wayne were walking down the street, and this girl was walking up holding tickets, and this lad was saying to her, "I buy them off you, I buy them off you." Like, I don't even know what they fucking are, <laughs> right? And they were like front row, fucking cage side. Sounds like Nottingham. Yeah, fully. But she was pissed up. Was never gonna go. And the problem is, I didn't want to be seen to be taking advantage of a pissed up girl. But like, oh, by the way, I buy them off you. Can I buy them off you? So yeah, and the, you don't did, want to be seen mugging a girl in plain daylight. Yeah, I needed to. I needed it to be darker yeah. or something. But I needed tickets for Wayne and tickets for me. So then the whole fighters only crew were coming up the street with a load of people behind them, and I was and he was like, "Do you want tickets?" And I was like, "Dude, do I?" And he was like, "No worries, right? What you two have got to do." And if anyone's ever met Wayne, he's a fucking unit. He's a broad lad, right? Yeah. And he had like uh, steel toe cap boots on, and we're running up this street, and he grabbed me by the neck and pulled me backwards so he could win 
So when the guy saw that, he was like, "I'm going to give you both a pair of tickets." Uh, by the end of by the end of Saturday afternoon, yeah, because he couldn't because he was too afraid to disqualify Wayne for real. But he could tell that you'd been wronged. Yes, yeah, fully wronged. That's a good move. And by the end of Saturday, I think I had 16 tickets. <laughs> <laughs> like literally, I'd put feels, feelers out everywhere, and everything came. And back. they all threw all flew in. So I had to start ringing people, going, "Yo, do you, do you want to come down?" I had so many people just with me. Didn't see any of the fights because you're too busy laying down across four seats. Yeah, too busy just chilling out. But Pat, the thing that stuck with me with, with Pat in um in the hotel he was so excited he pulled his phone out and showed us videos of his girlfriend which is obviously rose who's now champ ah. but you imagine when you said that i was a little worried i was like, like hey, oh what's she doing what's <laughs> no jujitsu <laughs> rose what kind of video <laughs> yeah it's not like not the good video i was a bit concerned actually the other morning so we we were filmed all day monday yeah uh, oh sorry all day sunday on monday morning i was having super fast broadband put in and the old ladies from the church next door were, were leaving and they were talking about the house and how it used to be uh, the old church hall and all that kind of stuff. And you're so, a polite guy. I'm a polite guy. <laughs> so I was like, come on in, come and have a look around. And, and, and as soon as I walked into the front room, I realised it looks like it's set up like a porn shoot. It re- the most uncomfortable the porn most shoot. Uncom- yeah, it's not like, the most If you go on our socials sofa. now, you'll see me, Dan and Dean sat on the sofa, which is a beautiful sofa. But it is not a. It's not. It's not a lounge and watch. Love TV me, lady for tonight. Hours. So, no, no, is it? No, 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 not at all. No, it looked like it's robbed out of a stately home. Yeah, but I don't think they would have thought that. They'd have been like, "What are all these tripods?" Yeah, yeah. Why have you got lights facing a sofa? Why does it smell like, like pancakes? Yeah, <laughs> no reason. Welcome, ladies, to the casting couch. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I just been a bit sick of that. <laughs> oh. Coffee sick. Yeah, full. Oh, dude, <laughs> casting couch. How old are you? Sixty-eight. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> nah. oh. That's not good, dude. No, let's take it back to the card. Yeah, let's fly back, fly back. So, hey, yeah. Gregor Gillespie, why did he apologise in his post-fight interview? There was no need for that. Because he looks like the penguin from oh, Gotham. I like his haircut. I yeah. just wish he had the full mohawk so it didn't stop halfway down the back of his head. Yeah. I always remember Phil, you remember Phil Anselmo leading her out of Pantera. I don't. But we need to I'd educate. Probably know him. We need to I probably know the song. I could probably sing you the songs you word for word. Li- you should listen to Dan Hardy's Gimme Radio show on a Wednesday. Tell me about it. I don't know what time it's on. All right. It's on at four o'clock. Is in there the a UK, website we can that. link to? Yeah, gimmeradio.com. Check it out. I'm fullreptileradio.co.uk. <laughs> um, yeah, so Phil Anselmo used to have long hair, but then before he, like the transition period from going from long hair to shaved head he just shaved the size down so he had a really long mohawk yes. and I've always wanted to grow my mohawk out really long and then have long liberty spikes like proper like rancid punk rock where could that work for? well I don't know New York's what colour would you have them? green I think cowboy green that's <laughs> what it's called cowboy green you dropping hints fight for, fighting for the green cowboy <laughs> literally um, what about what about the Greg Hardy knee? man was it intentional? Yeah, fucking was, was it? <laughs> it just reminded me. It reminded me of the Bisping Jorge Rivera. You remember the Jorge Rivera? Jorge had done a fuckload of like videos. He resang Cartman's "Mom's a Dirty Bitch" song about Bisping. He, yeah, wasn't it about his punching power? It, literally everything. But yeah. but like literally spent the entire fight camp just making shit up. Yeah, and Bisping got super emotional, landed that massive knee spat in the corner went full tilt oh, went full yeah. bisping can you remember full bisping yeah which would never go full bisping well the thing is I, expect, I can respect it he's not been full bisping for a long time now he's, no not after that no he's certainly uh, but he's certainly changed Greg Hardy I mean he stepped back man he, he, like, he wound up so, so here's another question then let's assume it was intentional was it intentional because A 
he was tired. Yeah, for real. Or two, because he misunderstands the rules. And D, I think that when he was fighting, I think Crowder was talking mad shit to him. Oh, do you reckon? I think he'd done a full cost check <laughs> because he seemed to find a his full rhythm. Full crotch check. Yes. He seemed to find his rhythm in the second. Right. He'd, he'd survived that early onslaught. Mm-hmm. Not, I'm not talking about his terrible tattoos. I'm talking he's... he's, he's Dude, they were, like, they were like 16 shades of tribal tattoos. There was a lot of tribal night. kicking off. It was terrible. They? But he seemed, to, he seemed to survive that early onslaught and then almost felt a couple of shots and was like, oh, you fucked. You got nothing left. <laughs> nothing. But then he was dragged down and it was... I don't know. I've seen a lot of times when fighters are doing that thing with that, oh, I wish I could continue. I really do. But, yeah. oh, I'm, I'm really hurt. Yeah. Maybe I take this as a DQ. Oh, one, oh, yeah, put my hand up, Bruce. Do you know what I mean? So it was, I mean, it was frustrating, man, because obviously the background is coming off. I know that to me it was frustrating because we'd stayed up. We'd had the cowboy fight earlier, which was fucking outstanding. Awesome. We'd had Jojo, which was awesome. Glover smashed it. Page Dude, that, the, the com- his comeback from that, that those early early shots he took, I, I was elbows, concerned. Man. I thought he was out. Couple, yeah, I mean, we had debates about the landing of the elbows as well. I, in fact, I'm recording with Mark on Thursday today, as you're listening okay. to the podcast. Um, so I'm going to speak to him about this, um, about the, the elbow rule again. Because, uh, I mean, I did Mark's judging and refereeing course. And as far as I understand, I'm pretty sure I've got this right. As long as you're hitting above the ears, yep. it doesn't matter where it's hitting. So the crown of the head's fair game. It's basically, I, I mean, I don't know whether it's just my skull's a weird shape, but I've got kind of a kind of a nut on the back of my head. Yeah. There's Mr. T. Got yeah. the peanut. Yeah. Yeah, there you, you go. got the peanut on the back of your head. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's under that. Yes. That's the point where you're not allowed to hit elbows. And if you've ever caught yourself there, you literally, your eyes are gone, Dude. everything, you're discombobulated, which well, is again, I've I didn't expect a, to use that. I've got a fight on my record, which is a DQ, and that was from getting elbowed in the back of the neck. Yeah. And I lost the feeling inside of my face for- You said last yeah, week? Yeah, yeah, for-, for Oh yeah, was that only last week? You lost the feeling in your brain. <laughs> <laughs> I am but the, now, but. the thing is, it's, it's one of them where we've said it before. Like if you can get away with a swift kick in the bollocks, Master Lek, my old Thai boxing coach, always used to say to me. I mean, he'd had like four hundred fights in Thailand. Lead so with could, the nuts. He always said, if the referee doesn't tell you right before the fight that groin strikes are illegal, you get at least one free shot. Do it. I mean, the thing is, we're wearing steel cups, so it didn't yeah. really. I mean, you, you still it was, it was kind of a, it was kind of a gamble as to whether you were going to come off worse a lot of yeah, the time. Yeah, your toes. <laughs> well, it was just. I think it was. It was more disappointing. I, I genuinely don't know what Crowder was saying because yeah. I saw that there was something that I liked his confidence. I did, especially because he was coming off a knockout in the second. Yeah, yeah. But it, the way that he was walking forward and just chatting mad shit. I did see there was a bit of, I don't know if it was clickbait, that he was basically saying something about his domestic violence sort of thing, which, let's be honest, mm. I'm going to fucking hurt you wherever you are because yeah. that's unnecessary. But do it in a car park. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I mean, yeah. But at the same time, if you know, I mean, the thing is, you could see Greg Hardy was or was too tired to even respond. And and like if I'm if I'm in Crowder's position and I'm talking shit and my my opponent's not even saying anything back because they're too tired. Yeah. That that's why he got so confident. Yeah. Like even if Greg Hardy had just replied with something or just laughed, but there was no yeah. reaction because he was just so tired. No. And it's it was the, the look because I know that he said he thought he'd won, but then he jumped in and threw another punch. And then when the big tan yeah. threw him off, and he just looked at him so spaced out. Yeah. He and looked then laid down. Almost like, you know, when you tell a kid off and they know that they're in the wrong, but they sort of just look at you 
and almost pretend to hide with their eyes and just keep looking at you but don't acknowledge the fact that they're wrong. <laughs> That's what he was doing. It doesn't mean I don't want to see him fight again, but I don't know. I think the, because the co-main, because I was so jonesing for the main, mm. it sort of, because that was robbed, it was stolen away from us because we'd waited up and I was really fucking looking forward to it. The fight before that was just, it just left it a, a little bit of a weird, yeah. a weird feeling because I just had the, all the other fights that looked amazing. And then that one was a bit, bit dirty. And then the main just, what the fuck? Yeah. Fuming. Yeah. I mean, I, it was definitely early. I don't, yeah. I can't, the, I understand, I understand stopping a fight in that situation if you're refing two kids that are fighting on the IMAF, you know, the amateur yeah. scene yeah. or... These guys um, going in there to throw down and yeah. want to be, they want to die. They're exactly. in there. You, you, you'll always hear it in the countdown shows, you've got to kill me to get me out of there. Yeah. Let him fucking kill him. Yeah. Because when yeah. you look at the Glover fight, yeah. the elbows that were being thrown in that and the ref was could stood back easy, going, carry on. Yeah, could have easily right. stopped that in that same scenario. For real, for sure. but, yeah. but just had that experience. Mm-hmm. And it was more, I don't know, the, the thing that concerned me more than anything was the push. He, he just looks so easy. Mm. He, and I don't know, I think if you ask DJ, uh, TJ face to face, he'd tell you, I was fine because yeah. I don't think he knew that his body was fucked. Yeah. I don't think he knew that how, how um, dehydrated he was mm-hmm. because I was saying to you when I got here, you know, when you feel poorly and you've been in bed and you feel a bit rough and you, you sat there you think, I'm all right now. And you get up and you go, whoop, okay. Yeah. Nope. I'm still not well. No, yeah. Not well. Let me just lay down on the floor here for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> and, it, and normally you can sort of manage to get to the toilet and sit down and just relax. And so I go, okay, I've got to get, got to get back to the bed in about 20 minutes. So, just get my strength up. But it's that weird, like, disorientating feeling of, like... It's like when you haven't smoked for a while and you have a cigarette and you get that nicotine head rush and you just feel... Just... You can't control it. It's in your body now. And it, it sent to me that when he stood him up and he sort of stood back and stumped and sort of held onto the ref a bit and mm-hmm. he sent a little bit, like, dizzy. But whatever Cejudo hit him with... I mean, he it's, pushed him over for a start, piece yeah. of piss. And then when he did hit him, he seemed to be hurting him yeah so I can I can sort of see why the ref stopped it but I just he was still scrambling though even, even if he was dazed he was still definitely. scrambling in a fight of that kind of magnitude when you've got two champions fighting each other you've got to let them just fight it out 100% you've got I mean like while ever somebody's like moving intelligently he was moving intelligently Man. he was taking shots but sometimes you take shots in MMA I, I often say this to, to beginners when they're first starting out like if you're if you're stuck if you're up against the fence and you're stuck on the bottom, you have to accept that you're going to take some shots to get you, back to you your get feet. Punched in the face on the way back up. So, yeah, so you either choose to stay there and defend as many shots as you can till the end of the round and just lose that round, or you go, I'm going to take some shots. Yeah, I've got to get back to but my feet. Let's I'm go. Back up. Yeah. yeah, like D, like yeah, he was hurt for sure. TJ's legs had, had gone. He took. It was like a. It was like he took a shot to the side of the head. The first like one, the top the side of the coffin, head, yeah. yeah, and his legs went out from underneath yeah. him. And then he kind of came back into it, and then he was hit with a three-punch combination. But we watched it in slow-mo from loads of angles. Yeah. And, like, one punch glanced off his arm yeah. and hit him on the chin. One came over the top. None of them were solid nothing chin clean. rattlers. No, no. But I think... He, but he was already dazed at that point, yes. though, so it was just more disorientation. I think TJ was more mad at himself mm. because his body was reacting not how he expected it. Yeah. And that, the thing with the push, though, like the, the I watched that back a few times because I remember you saying that, and I thought to myself, it was it was odd that he just got kind of bulldozed over like that. And you're right, I don't know whether moving back up to bantamweight and doing that same 
that same step through that he was trying would have been more effective. Yeah. The the one thing that I would say from a technical perspective is you've got to think. So, I'm gonna I've got to do it. I've got to do it physically now so I can talk through it. So if I'm in an I'm in an orthodox position. Yeah. As TJ was. What what he was intending on doing, as you see, he he threw his right hand and he stepped up with his right leg at the same time. Yeah. His intention in that position is to throw the right <clears> hand <throat> to force his opponent to back up so he yeah. can step so through step, and throw the left yeah. high kick. But because Cejudo didn't move, as he stepped through, he kind of dragged he his dropped, right foot yeah. and it brought his hips square. Yeah. And Cejudo just kind of blasted him. I mean, that it must have been a surprise for him to have felt that because I'm sure that he normally expects people to step back and give him that space. Yes. Which... Uh, Normally they would. Yeah, Cody did. Yeah, um, you know, Cruz did a, a lot of occasions. Did. Yeah, but I, it reminds me. He caught um, Barrow with yes, into, in, yeah, said and that start, yeah, and just started the the end of the the beginning of the end. Yeah, but it reminded me, and I know I don't know if I mentioned it before already. I think I said to you, it reminded me when Connor was fighting um, uh, Mendes, and he'd completely uh, drawn himself down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I thought you were going to say Poirier because of the shot that glanced off the side of his head. Oh, the Poirier yeah. knockdown. No, like it was... The first thing that took Dillashaw off his feet was yeah. a similar kind of punch. It was more the dehydration of um, TJ when Connor was walking backstage and Faber got hold of him, put oh, his hand on yeah. his hips and just spot him on a sixpence. And mm-hmm. Connor looked exhausted. And Faber, through the whole Ultimate Fight and everything, it was like they were two weight classes apart. Yeah. And then when you saw Faber just grab him, so I go, whoop, no you don't. What are you doing, Doc? Are you all right? <laughs> and, he, and he just looked like he looked in bits. Yeah. So it just got me thinking more and more and more, was it the weight cut more than anything that was the problem? Mm-hmm. But there's nothing to say that Henry Cejudo wouldn't have landed three more big shots and knocked him out cold. True. Which would have been happy with. But, I just but if to- we'd have seen those three big shots, <coughs> if we'd have seen those three big shots, there'd been no debate about the fight. And that's what he needed. Because yeah. it's like just you kind of been got, robbed from him. Exactly. You wouldn't have got Dillashaw sat up against the corner post shaking his head after the fight. Fuming. I mean, he would have been annoyed, but if you if that happens, you've always got the opportunity to look up and watch the replay and go, Fucking oh hell. shit, yeah, I got bingoed. You know, yeah. it, it, it does happen sometimes. You're not doing an ovary, are you? Like, <laughs> he tapped. Yeah. Did he? No, he didn't. Let's watch it back. Can we get the truck to watch it back? <laughs> oh, yeah, bad times. That was uncomfortable. Yeah, man, but I don't know. It's just it sort of. I was more disappointed just for the just for the fact that I wanted more than thirty two seconds. Yeah, was it thirty two? I thought it was twenty two. I thought it was thirty two seconds. It is. Um, oh yeah, thirty two. There you go. Yeah. yeah, check me out. It seemed a lot quicker. Yeah, but <laughs> the, what the, the whole the whole ref thing. It just seemed. It just seemed like the first day on work experience with your dad. It just seemed like. <laughs> yeah, there's no. Uh, it was funny that guy on Twitter got him confused with Mark Goddard. The best. Started giving Mark Goddard a load of shit. But for went it. in hard. Went in full yeah. tilt on Mark. Was like, that's yeah. fucking why he's the fucking <laughs> worst referee going. Yeah. It's like, yeah, mate. Yeah. Steady on. I wasn't in Dubai Easy or anything. Now. You dickhead. Easy now. I love it. <laughs> I love it. But yeah. yeah it, I don't know. It. It just. It just disappointed me because it seems that. When it comes to New York, they just seem to have a different way of doing things. And predominantly, yeah. they fuck things up. Because I don't know if it's it's always because... I mean, I've been watching this for a long time. And New York was always like the hallowed ground. Mm-hmm. It was always like, we'll never get into New York. And now we're there. It seems kind of weird that it's it's got a bit of a curse. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. And th- th- there have been a couple of occasions where they've pulled fighters out mid-weight cut as well because they didn't feel like it was safe for them to continue. I mean, it's teething problems. The, 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 there's always going to be teething problems in a in a new state, but 
they, they just sometimes you have to kind of trust that the UFC has already done the groundwork and just let them kind of at least advise. Just send like someone just, from Denver. Exactly. Just say, look, you know, what referees do you use that you know are consistent that are registered with another commission? Like Mark Goddard is the only British referee that's registered in in Las Vegas. What about Leon? Uh, not in Vegas, I don't think oh, he really? is. No, I don't think he is. I think Mark Goddard's the only one. I always used to think that the refs were employed by the UFC. And then I got to thinking, mm. that, no, that's stupid. You can't have that because that's, that's fucking dodgy as fuck. But then... It fucking always, dodgy as fuck. Yeah, fucking dodgy as fuck. But it always <laughs> made me wonder when... It's like Dana used to have a massive issue with Steve Mazzagatti or Mario Yamasaki, whichever one it was. And yeah. it sounded weird that then the following week you'd have an event and he's there. And I'm like... Yeah, it's because he's, you know, the trusted referees of the commission and that's that's the job. And Imagine that hostile working environment there. It's like, <laughs> morning boys, coffee. Yeah. Fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Not nice, is it? Yeah. No. Yeah. Right. Any any other thoughts on that card? Because I'm going to throw a couple of, of fights at you from the uh, the Fortalege. Fortaleza card. Okay. No, I can't think did, so, did you, did you see the clips of Henato Laranya on the final Fox Sports show with Kenny Floyd? <laughs> I, I, oh, I did see bits. If you've not seen it, just go and follow Henato Laranya on Instagram. He's a legend. He's, he's brilliant. I used to train with him and he's, I mean, he's, he's an absolute legend. It was always, when I found him, it was literally him chasing Joe Rogan through a locker room. <laughs> Joe still had hair. So it was long a long time ago. Yeah, a long yeah. time ago, man. And he literally is chasing him down. And back in the day, it was, you didn't know it was a fucking parody. You didn't know it was like, no. not a real thing. And I was like, yo, like yeah. Joe's next level, dude. Leave him yeah. alone. <laughs> you remember the video when Joe choked out that, um, that was it a YouTube challenger or a, yes. a twit? And yeah. the guy came in and Joe just kept front choking him just over yeah. and over again. Joe's a gorilla. Mate. I used to train with him on, it went like at 10th Planet headquarters before it moved out of Legends. Like it was, he, he's just a monster. He's got a squeeze, he, He's kind of, he's like, he's shaped a bit, his body's a bit like a Dorito. Exactly. And then he's got four arms yeah, like that Goro. come off. But four arms that are built kind of like a gorilla's. Yes. You know what I mean? Well, it's when and, you and he's just he just clamps you down. He's got such a strong top. You game know when he's, he's doing the spinning back kick, super fast. In his gym. Well, he used to come in. So when I was training at Legends, I'd 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 be there for. I mean, I'd be there most of the day. Um, and the uh, Tenth Planet classes were in the evenings. It was the last thing, and they'd just kind of roll on into the night, depending on how how long people wanted to train. Um, I mean, they were great. They were great days, dude. Like outside, people like blazing up outside wandering in having a few rounds rolling like the gym was just a sweat box all the windows Golden were age. steamed up the mat was just slick it was just gross yeah. it was gross everyone was soaked you didn't want to be anywhere else no you'd have a little bit of a roll you'd just put your, put your slides on run outside have a little little tote run back inside have a, and that was the first time I'd ever trained after having a smoke I, I remember Scott, yeah, Scott Epstein was teaching the class oh nice and uh, yeah Scott Epstein's one of Eddie Bravo's black belts yeah. he's a tough tough uh, New Yorker. He's a he's a he's a real kind of hard face. Very funny. Very dry sense of humour. Was everyone in rushes or would yeah. did people? Like, I'm, well, I no, hate there were rush some, guards and t-shirts. Yeah, there, no, that, oh, that wasn't a good look. Fucking t-shirts. There, there were quite a lot of t-shirts. There were quite a lot of like stretched out. It's too heavy, man. Yeah, you know, are. you know when especially when they're drenched, and it just soaks. drops on your face and it's like being waterboarded by some dude's fucking <laughs> like ten other dudes' groin sweat that's now in like the armpit of yeah. this oh. and as you breathe it in you can feel it in the back of your throat yeah, yeah. Oh. 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 <laughs> tap fucking tap yeah no it's not nice man yeah but that he, was gross Joe he's one of them I think we used to watch Fear Factor 
back in the day. That's how we obviously all found I never Joe. really watched Fear Factor. I fucking loved it. I man. watched the one where that guy attacked him and Joe, well, that Joe was, come and put him in a guillotine. Yeah, well, me and, me and Stacey Boys watched Survivor. There was only a couple of seasons in the UK and we watched Survivor religiously. And essentially, the one with Joe was like a who's who. So it had a couple of wrestlers on there, Survivor contestants, uh, greatest ra- uh, great race or whatever the fuck it is. Um, and basically, that was when it had all kicked off. And it was brilliant. It was the way that he just went at him. And this dude's built like a fucking tank. And Joe's like, all right, no, chill yeah, out. Yeah. So sort of pushes him into a guillotine. And he's like, yo, <laughs> Joe's got squirrels for days. Yeah, man. Yeah. He doesn't fuck around. Yeah. yeah, they were good days back at the old legends, man. Anyway, shall we, uh, I'm going to throw a couple of these fights at you from the Fortaleza card and then we'll wrap this up. Yeah, go on. Um, well, co-main event, Aldo against Moicano. Hold on, let me bring it What are up. you saying? What are you saying? 12, uh, 12 1 and 1 and that that one loss is um, yeah that's the one yeah co-main event that co-main event have you got oh shit yeah I could never go against Aldo I can't no. go against Aldo I just can't not a chance that's a lot more experience you remember Moicano fighting um, uh, Brian Ortega though won the first two rounds and then uh, Ortega was starting to land land some decent shots in the third round then he shot in went straight into a guillotine just long haired like, or short-haired Ortega? Uh, long-haired Ortega. I don't remember. Yeah, it was a more recent fight. I'll probably... You know, if I saw it, I'd instantly remember. Yeah, you would. And he, he got, got a bit busted up in the third round. His nose was bloodied and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Johnny Walker's on this card. I know, look at that. Yes. And he's fighting Justin Ledette as well. Ledette's a good boxer. He's a, I think he's got sort of 10 pro boxing fight, uh, fights as well. And he's got a real... I've, I've called a couple of his fights. He's got a real kind of laid-back kind of... It's quite a bare knuckle boxing style. Okay. It's the thing is he likes fights at a, a slightly slower pace. Like when he first came into the UFC, he was a heavyweight, um, and he was he was a bit too quick for some of the heavyweights. He was able to land land like a good you know accumulate a lot of shots yeah, over yeah. the rounds. How tall is he compared? Well, it's, what's he six four? Oh shit! Uh, yeah, yeah, he's quite big. He's quite big. I mean. It, he, he he moves very well for for his size, but then when he made the when he made the move down to light heavyweight, I just who was it he fought? Um, he just didn't he didn't look like he had the same kind. Oh, I think he fought Rakic. Yeah, I think that was the fight, and he got taken down and just beaten upon the ground. Well, that's um, a good, yeah, it that's was a good I, test for Johnny Walker. Then it right? is Alexander Rakic, but he was he, he won his first three fights. Like if you remember back, he beat Chase Sherman. That was a hell of a fight. Like they just beat the hell out of each other, but it was it was his technical edge in boxing that gave him the fight. Then he fought Godbeer after that. Um, I think it was his, I think this is his second fight at light heavyweight in the UFC, um, but his first one was a loss. Okay. Um, yeah, to, to Rakic, he lost by decision, but he just got taken down and ground out. I'm looking forward to that though. I like I, I really enjoyed seeing Johnny Walker fight the other day. It was uh, yeah, he shit up. Yeah, big looks time. Very man. good. Have good. you seen Charles Oliveira's opening the card? Charles Oliveira's opening the card. Yeah. Oh, oh, the main card. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Against Daniel, uh, David Tamor. That's yeah. a good fight. Ta- uh, Tamor's been calling for a big fight for a while. But look at that difference in record: twenty-four and eight, with one no contest for Oliveira, and eight and one for David Tamor. It's insane. But it I mean, I would have thought the, the win that Oliveira had over Jim Miller the other day would have chucked him up a little bit higher than that. Yeah. You, yeah. Because but he looked, the, I th- this to me it looks like looks like not many people want to take that fight against Oliveira, and David yeah. Taymor has been waiting for an opportunity to fight someone that's highly ranked, and this is the only person that's available and willing to take it. Yeah, I can see that man. Yeah, I, I mean, if, if you look at the guys that um, 
if you look at the guys that David Tim was uh, already beaten, I mean, he's on, what, a five-fight win streak at the moment in the UFC. And his, his most recent fight was against Nick Lentz. Nick Lentz? Yeah, which is a, you know, it's a good name. But then before that, he's fighting guys that are... He's fighting all not, the Star Wars cast. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Drakkar Close, Lando Venata, yeah. Um, you know, guys that are not necessarily, you know, top-flight contenders or guys that are have got that veteranship status like Nick Lentz has. Be in, it'd be this, interesting to see. This is a I, this feels like a big step up, mm. not only in experience but in the fact that I mean Charles Oliveira is very very good. I always underestimate him, mate. Well, look what he did to Jim Miller, right? I'm not. There's no disrespect against Tamer, but he took Jim Miller's dinner money, and then came back and took his socks. Yeah, like he <laughs> literally just schooled him, and it was beyond impressive. And I'm not saying that Jim Miller didn't have an off night. I don't know what happened, but. I would say that Jim Miller is better than David Tamer. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I know the MMA maths yeah. don't work. It never works, but yeah. fuck But then know. at the same time, you know, there's, there's a lot to be said for, I mean, again, Jim Miller's that got that veteran status, whereas David Tamer's like a young kid on the rise. And there's a lot to be said for that kind of experience, that kind of um, enthusiasm. Yeah, yeah. You know? Nice to see that Thiago's back, Thiago Alves. Yeah, that's a good fight as well, Max Griffin. But again, like a lot of experience for Thiago Alves. Again, it's you know we've got veterans taking on young kids, well young kids, you, you know young contenders. Like Max Griffin's had a few fights in the UFC, but he's not. Um, it seems like a randomly filled card. This is his sixth fight. It is a bit. Yeah. Main event's good though. A sunset on Marlon Moraes. I do like Javier Sunset. And yeah. Moraes, I think Moraes is going to starch him. Yeah, Moraes is um, New York, isn't he? Is he? Uh, yeah, on oh, New Jersey. That's it. Yeah. With uh, Mark Henry. I, I, I'm a big fan of Mark Henry's coaching style. Big time, man. Really good. Big time. Look at the people he's produced. That's a three-fight win streak. Jimmy Rivera stopping Jimmy Rivera, who beat yeah, who beat Faber. Was that was that was that early? I, I, feel, I kind of feel like Jimmy Rivera protested that. Uh, I think knowing if it's Marais, he's mate. He, look, he got performance of the night. Yeah, Aljamain Sterling. That was a good win. Yeah, it was and John nice. Dodson's a good win as well. I mean, he's a he's a difficult dude to hit. He's anyway. just stopping people, isn't he? And that's the that's yeah. that's why he's probably. Headlining instead of where Jose, I like yeah. to see Jose headline. I think yeah. he's earned it. I think after the whole Connor thing, I think he got a bit rolled over mm. because, like I mentioned, Frankie Edgar a couple of times, but he had like fifteen title fights in a row because it wasn't they weren't sure, and it just sent batshit <laughs> crazy that he just kept getting these title shots. And it happened for a lot of people. Like mm. there was a lot of times when there was immediate rematches. Yeah. Whereas Jose had done like a world tour, unbeaten for a thousand years. Got starched. I'm not going to say it was a lucky punch because I believe that it was no, intended. It was perfect. Yeah, time. it was outstanding. But it could be seen as a lucky punch. So it just seemed unfortunate. I just, I want to, when we were talking the other day about who do you want to see Connor against again, I can't wait to see him against Cowboy. I think that's a fucking oh, amazing yeah. fight. I think did you he, see the uh, painting that Dosbrack did? No. Oh, mate, you've got to see it. It's uh, Dosbrack on Instagram. He's done this painting of Connor sitting at a bar in a saloon drinking his uh, his proper 12, proper 12 and Cowboy walking in the saloon doors in the background. Nice. It's very, very cool. I, I'm a big fan of his stuff. I am, yeah, man. I, I keep watching it because he's got an auction page as well on Instagram. I keep watching that. At some point, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to grab one of his... Uh, I'm going to grab one, oh, of his, one of his paintings for the studio. Definitely. Yeah, I'm going to pull this up in a minute. But I think I just think that Jose got... He just got overlooked a lot. He's like... I still speak to people now and they're like, who, who the fuck is he? I'm like, Yeah, I'll check what? that out. How cool's that? Dude. That's very that cool, is, right? Yeah, that is wicked. Cowboy in the background just coming through the door of the saloon. 
But I did <laughs> red I, panties on the uh, on the bar. That's it. I did like how awesome. how cowboy called it though. Didn't he have a cowboy hat on? And he had both his hands in his pockets like he had a, a pair of pistols and things like, <laughs> for a fight like that, cowboy. Why the fuck wouldn't you do it? Like, yeah. There's a lot of uproar like, oh, well, I want to fight him next. I think, do you know what? It's the fucking smash. Yeah. That's what Make I, the fight. Make the fight. Big time. I want to see it. Yeah, for definitely. Sure. Um, uh, I'm, just, I'm just looking. I, I actually forgot, I'll be honest. I forgot that Marlon Moraes made his debut against the Sun Sao. Because I remember Moraes came into the UFC with loads of hype. Like people were very excited about uh, about him coming in. Mark Henry was speaking highly of him as well as as well as Zabit, who's obviously another. Oh, I saw Khabib's um, uh, Khabib's cousins on the card. Said Said <laughs> Said Said. Can you said Nemanemanemen? <laughs> and then we've got Junior Albini. Hopefully not wearing a not wearing a, a weird pair of shorts this time. Who, which one was that? Uh, Junior Albini, do you remember? Like the first fight, first time he fought in the UFC, he wore the loose shorts, but then he rolled the legs up, so it looked like he was a big baby. Like oh, is that that baby. guy that was like a like heavyweight? In- yes, yeah. weird. he looked like a lady baby <laughs> with a beard. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of scary. He like just was a rolled them all up. Like even if if you had sponsors, you'd have lost all your payments because you just rolled yeah. them all into your crack. Yeah, they were terrible. Yeah, not impressed. Oh yeah, I hope that he's wearing normal shorts this time. But he's had a, he's dropped two. Yeah, Olovsky and Olianek. Hey, the, yeah, good opponents though. The, yeah, la- the last, the one fight that we haven't spoken about, which, um, which is going to be a really interesting fight, is Damian Meyer against Lyman Good. And Lyman Good looks like an action figure on his uh, photo. Have you seen that? So well, fight on the card. Have, have a look at that. Oh, you, you've got a different page. Paul, I'm on Sherdog. What are you on? Tap. Uh, I'm on UFC.com. Okay. See that that win over Ben like Saunders was. Oh yeah, no. He, he looks like he's built like a like a He-Man figure on. Um, oh really? Yeah. Uh, Lyman Good again, another person that came into the UFC with with a lot of hype. Like, he, wasn't he, he was Bellator a, champ? I think he was. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's he's very good. A lot of experience as well. Yeah, but Damian Maya is just. A That's wizard. the thing. That's the thing. I mean, can he? Because he he's got a loss to De Santos Ante uh, Elizio Aleski Elizio. Yeah. Zaleski de Santos. Yeah, yeah, that was a split decision. I mean, you can see the same thing happening again here. Yeah. You could see Damian Meyer taking him down and smothering him up against the fence and beating him up. But what he did to Condit, man. Yeah. That was that ridiculous. Was, that was crazy. That ridiculous. was crazy. That surprised me. I didn't think uh, I didn't think he was gonna be able to get to the back as quick as that. No, but it just I mean, seems he only needs he only ever needs one chance. Yeah. Damian Damian Meyer might be another one another one of those guys that's Never going to hold a t- you know one of the best fights in the world to never hold a title. Shit! Look at his fight record. He's on a three fight skid. Who? Oh, Damian Maia. Yeah, yeah, but they're all top guys, aren't? Oh they? yeah, I'm not, I'm not knocking them down, but Jesus, I, I never even I thought that he's still flying under the radar, killing people. Yeah, no, he's not, is he? When was his last win? Uh, Masvidal, two eleven yeah. in. Oh, that's a good May fight. Masvidal against Till. Can't wait. Can't wait. Yeah, I hear they're putting together a press conference in London soon. For the event. So, did you hear that, uh, did you? I, that's what I've heard. That's the rumblings. I heard that on the grapevine. Dun, <laughs> when I was in dun, your dun, kitchen. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. That would be a good With name the for another podcast. The grapevine. I bet it's out there, man. Probably. I bet it's out there. Yeah. I think stories for days or shit for days would be good. <laughs> <laughs> What's the podcast? Shit for days. Shit for days. I've always got shit for days. <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm surprised because obviously Usman, Covington and Woodley. I mean, it's a fucking who's who, and it's the top yeah. three, let's be honest. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you're going to have losses on your record, they're the people to be losing to. 
Yeah, for real, man. And the thing is, how old is he now? 60, 63, 64? <laughs> Something like that. He's fucking killing it, isn't he? He is. It's Dude. amazing. Imagine- it's that style that lasts forever, though. You know, grab well, yeah. onto you, drag you to the floor, beat you up on the floor, choke you out. Even though the last three fights have gone to the decision, mm. he's taken three shots. <laughs> is that right? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Something yeah. like yeah, this, yeah. This, this, That's a yeah. bananas. But yeah, it's, it's fucking crazy, man. Mm. Absolutely crazy. But... Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Well, I'm flying out for that one. I'm, I'm heading out soon for that. So I'll be uh, I'll be on the desk for that one. Wow. Yeah. Did my best Bisping impression. They, all right. Mm. There you go. Well, just standing on the desk talking about the fights. Not thought, telling people they've got concussions. No, no. <laughs> and having subtitles. Do you reckon you need subtitles, that Bisping? Do you think I'll need subtitles? I shouldn't need subtitles. I wouldn't have thought so. No, I, I hope not. I don't know if it's just because you walk through and it's because you're British. They're like, oh, fuck. You yeah. just put them words up on the word. I think they subtitled me on the countdown show at parts. Oh, really? Yeah, but I think at that point in my... I mean, that was, what, 2010. I'd spent a lot less time in the US at that point. My accent gets stronger when I hang out with you. Or my grandparents. Yes, Doc. Or my grandparents. <laughs> Full tilt, yeah. yeah. I've noticed. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's strange, man. I don't know. I, I think working in a call centre helped me with... like Not just with accents, but I, I can hear. Yeah. I hear so much. Because, and I can pick the, because when, when you've got someone from Glasgow ringing up and he's fucking fuming that his credit card's not working and there's no way you can say, do it again. <laughs> sorry, do it again. Because you know, when you say, when someone said something, you say, sorry, can you just repeat that? If you say it, it two or three times, you angry. just look like a prick. And this mm. guy's been on hold 25 minutes. So you have to, it's almost a strain to hear. Yeah. So like, I, I can normally, I can normally pick most things out and I'm, I'm all right. I don't often do that thing where you smile and just nod and go, oh yeah. <laughs> but it's uh, it's a weird one, man. It is fucking, it's it's tricky because I'll never forget on Ultimate Fighter 3 when Bisping was subtitled, I know we said it last week, but it's like, how hard can you not understand what the fuck he's saying? Where someone's gone into a production meeting and gone, we're going to have to put words on this. Yeah. Which but then I'll be honest, there are certain times when I'm, I'm having conversations with people, with fans, when I'm traveling up and down the country and stuff and even just in the UK and I'm, I mean, there's a lot of background noise, there's a lot of stuff going on and I'm really struggling to understand. I'm like, are they just speaking to me in a different language hoping that I understand? No, no, I'm picking out words here. They yeah. are speaking English. Yeah. Oh shit. Sometimes. Yeah, I'll just smile and nod. Yeah. Well, we had it today at the, at the, the um, trade show we went to and for me, it's interesting because obviously me and you are walking together and you're quite, yeah, you didn't have a hat on today, no, which is unlike you. Yeah. But we, we went in a, we weren't in disguise, but we were just mooching. Under the radar. Under the radar. And covered up tattoos. The amount of, yeah, we were fully covered up, to be fair. <laughs> and it was the amount of head turns. But we had a few people that got super brave. And it's like, I, I can, Dan's obviously in the midst of looking at different shit around this trade show and, and being involved in that on the calls. And then next minute, this, this guy, I can see him twitching around. He's just really uncomfortable. And then, just, excuse me, Dan, mate, can I have a picture, please, mate? Sorry, I'm really a big fan. I've been following your career forever. I'm like, <laughs> you're about nine. <laughs> so, so remember how fast people talk sometimes when they meet when when they're excited. Imagine then adding a really difficult accent in that equation, dude. So they're talking fast. They're not. Right, they're, they're, I didn't know it was yeah. you, but I'm really a big fan. It's great. It's right, I have a picture. <laughs> The best time, the best, best time I was ever with you when someone asked you for a picture was when someone was royally tanked out of his tits and we were on the tube and we'd been, was it UFC London? Yeah, we were coming back on the tube because it was the quickest way to get from the other side of the river. Yeah, me, you, Lacey and Jem. And we were just, it was a really nice evening. It was was fucking brilliant. We just, everyone just chilling. There was no, no pressure. Like the place had cleared out and it was one of them where we were literally just going down to the tube and fucking rolling down the escalator. And there's a guy that just, he must have seen you a mile off. 
And he was absolutely fucking mullered. Oh, damn me. Dan. <laughs> fucking hell, my best mate. And I love it when people tell you about your fights. I fucking love it. Like, I remember that time with, do you remember that time Marcus Davis really pushed him in the face? It's like, I do remember that. Yeah, nice one. Thank you, dude. When are you going to fight again, Dan? Soon, dude. Don't worry. Okay. And because he was that pissed up and obviously he didn't want him too close to anyone, he's trying to do the hug thing and like, can I get a picture? And it, you could just see his fucking world had just absolutely blown up. He's fucking on top of the world. Yeah. Literally pulls his phone and goes, oh no, my battery's dead. And you're like, <laughs> mine too. Not to worry. Nice to meet you. And as polite as you can get, just put him on his carriage and we got another one. <laughs> and you could just see his heart explode. Yeah. It was like, oh my God. I don't think he'd even remember it in the morning. Probably It'd be not. like a mad dream. Probably not. Yeah, it'll be questioning that for the rest of his life. It, it happened. We did meet on the tube. Yeah, 100%. Um, he, he's going to be recording this stuff. <laughs> some random dude in a chippy somewhere. Like, I fucking told, told you. Told you. <laughs> told you. Remember that time I had that kebab? Remember when I didn't have a battery? Fucking told you that story, bro. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Yeah. Right. Let's get this wrap, shall we? I've got one story to tell you real quick. Go on then. Oh, I'm, yes. We're not, you, you, medic, you've been holding off. This has been trying to get out of you all day. Yeah, it's killed me. It killed me. Um, we didn't have the kids at the weekend. They went to Nana Jane's and Grandad Steve's, which is, they're, they're Stacey's mum and dad. They were in the army for about a million years. Super fucking wicked guys. And they had all four grandchildren. So they were like, yo, you have, we'll have the kids. You just have a night to yourself. So it was fucking brilliant. And we got there the next day and Steve, basically, Jane was higher rank in the army. And as his wife is the boss. They're both... Jane's, I think she's like four foot 11. She's probably going to punch me for this. But she is, she's a small, very stern lady that I love to bits. But she is, she commands a very... Uh, a, a, she's got a regimented house, right? Yeah. So she's, she's good at what she does. She keeps, she keeps a, a tidy ship. Now, Steve just retired. And the thing is, it's one of them where because he's retired first, there's a lot of piss takery. <laughs> there's a lot of like, yeah, he's fucking retired. He's going to do nothing. Don't worry. I've got him a list. And as you're a married man, as I'm a married man, I fucking hate lists. Because the lists always start out nice. Like, can you hang the washing up when the when the washing machine's done? Can you empty the dishwasher? Can you repoint the chimney stack? It's like, don't, yeah. don't catfish me like that. Out the gutter <laughs> yeah, can you retile the shed? <laughs> Fuck off. So Steve's had lists and lists and lists. And we got there the other day and he, uh, he met us. And... He's, what is he now? 61, I think. And he, he's he's a wicked guy. I love him to bits. But he's one of them that he'll say, if we go in and we say, oh, got a message for you. Tell Jane this. He'd be like, no, 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 no. Don't. And put his hands up. Don't tell me. Write it down. I'll forget. So <laughs> so he's like, just like a dad. So he, he got in. He started laughing. He said, I've got to tell you this story. And we're like, go on, Steve. What's up? And he was like, right. I was clearing out our bedroom because basically on his list, he's been, he's been, organizing the entire house right. so like now there's a notice board with an area for pencils an area for rubbers and for keys and all this I'm shit. sure he's glad he retired now it's right? fucking insane honestly <laughs> so like, part of it is his OCD part of it's hers but between them that's what makes my wife which is amazing <laughs> so Steve's telling us about it and he goes I found 280 quid in the drawer and I was like, holy shit. And this is Steve, who's like being, he's been almost given pocket money. He's, he's earned the money, but he doesn't control the money. So he gets his allowance. I was like, fuck, what are we buying, Steve? He went, I, I, I didn't. I gave it a back. I told her about it. And I was like, <laughs> why did you tell her about it, Steve? And this was his words to me. I didn't know if it was a trap. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know if it was a trap. <laughs> What the fuck? They've been married like 40 years. That's brilliant. But that 
that's isn't that not a husband and wife? That's brilliant. Uh, and I could really didn't as, know if it was a trap, mate. As soon as he said it, I said that's going on the podcast. And Jane looked at me and was like, "Don't you dare!" You know what's <laughs> funny is as soon as you said he found two hundred eighty quid in the drawer, my first thought was, oh, "That's a trap." Yeah, that's a trap. Yeah. Best teller. It's definitely a trap because that's been planted. Why would two hundred eighty <laughs> quid be in this drawer? Yeah, I've always known what was in this. Giving drawer. it I back, shaking, this- <laughs> and it's like, was there more? No, no. Honestly, dude. Yeah, it was a trap. I failed that trap. I did tell you in the car about it earlier, very quickly. First time, I always wanted to go to the Rhode Island Diner. I never got to go. And the base is a shop, a, a restaurant in Derby that was there years ago. And it was like American burgers and all this other stuff. I met my, my beautiful wife 20 years ago. And she agreed that she would take me to this bar. And she was drop dead stunning in this little black dress took me in and we went in and basically we sat down and they gave us like a beer that would be in like now a Peroni glass mm-hmm. which is about three foot tall yeah. now bear in mind Stacey's five foot one Yeah, I'm not much bigger and so the pair of us are looking like a pair of hobbits with this <laughs> fucking tube of beer <laughs> and like a twat I knocked it over and covered her in beer absolutely covered her and like an absolute legend she laughed it off she was like don't worry about it it's fine I was like do you want to go home no don't worry about it I was like oh my god so we sat there and she was shivering the whole meal oh. got it down as it was a 10 minute walk back to my mate's flat so he gets back to my mate's flat and she gets changed into these joggers and stuff and sat on the bed like really comfy and then the lads came in and went oh we're going up to the pub do you want to come for a beer and I was like oh shit and I did that thing where I looked at her and she was like no it's fine go and bear in mind I'm 17 mm. a bit of a twat right and I failed the test oh. once. We've been together twenty years. This is this is where I learnt my fucking craft. And literally, she said go. So what do you think I did? You went. I fucking went. Of course you went. What a twat, <laughs> mate! I fucked up. It was at that point oh. I realised I'd fucked up. Yeah. And ever since then, I can't. I always triple check. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, no, I'm not going. I just or do exactly the opposite that she says. <laughs> yeah, feel free, go. I'll murder you when you get back. What do you say? <laughs> Nothing. Nothing, darling. Enjoy. <laughs> yeah, fucked up big time that time, man. Really yeah. bad. Well, at least you learnt it early. At least you learnt it when you were 17. I definitely did. I mean, a lot of people still have not learned that lesson. No. You know? I know I know when to turtle up and, uh, and protect my nads. <laughs> we have got one shout out to do for a birthday, on, which then. is from... Um, let me find it now, because I know that we are... We've wrapped this up 16 times. Let me just find my messages, because this guy has followed your entire career, and he's actually made a cake for his uh, his son for his birthday using the full reptile uh, medallion. Really? So yeah, I think we get some sort of... Wow. Get some sort of copyright on that, Absolutely, yeah. yeah. At least a photo. That's going to cost him 15, uh, 15 quid. <laughs> and he said, it's for his son's birthday and his son's name is... Hold on, this is Craig Smith, Gerda. And he said, dude, can I request that you and Dan give the boy... So here it is. This is for there. Zach. There you go. 18th birthday. Happy birthday, Zach. Happy 18th. birthday, Zach. Hope you have a wicked time. Make Very sure you send cool. us a picture of your cake and maybe a slice of cake. <laughs> that's Excellent. Very that's all cool. the rambling from me, nice. dude. Happy birthday, Zach. All right, we'll dedicate this podcast to you. Have yeah. a good day. There you go, dude. Um, that's it, right? Everything else? That's anything it. else? If you can think of a name for our new show. Oh, yeah. No, re- remember that fight. Is that what we're doing? Yeah, I reckon we're we'll going with it. that. Remember that fight. We say it enough of the time. We do. We do often say... I think it's usually the first thing that Dean says when he walks in the door. Like, <laughs> apart from doing his GSP impression of me. Dan already... <laughs> and he does that. Closes his eyes, looks up the You ceiling. have to say Dan already when you close your eyes. <laughs> Please, Dana. Give me the fight, Dana. <laughs> <laughs> right. Thanks for tuning in. 
We'll catch you next time. It can do something no other kind of lizard can do. It can run continuously for a very long time. And that enables it to become an endurance hunter, chasing down its prey. Thank <laughs> you.